This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Simone Sisiaris. And I'm Kate Watson. It's Friday the 23rd of April. In your Squiz today, world leaders meet to talk climate. India's COVID crisis, the search for a sub, and clogs are high fashion. This is your Squiz today. It's been anticipated all week and now 40 world leaders from nations such as the US, China, Russia, the UK, Japan, India and Australia have sat down virtually, of course, to take part in a two day climate summit. As for the summit host, well, that would be US President Joe Biden, Kate, and he kicked it off with a bang by pledging an ambitious new target of a 50 to 52 percent cut in America's emissions by 2030. And that's based on 2005 levels. Yeah, it seems like an age ago, but if we cast our minds way back to November last year and that presidential election, Biden's victory over Donald Trump really was seen as a climate change game changer. You might remember Simone, he re-signed America up to the Paris Climate Accord on the first day of his presidency. And since then, he's talked about how climate change is central to all his policy decisions. So this commitment wasn't a huge shock and it's all part of a move by Biden to really reclaim global leadership on climate change. Yeah, Japan and Canada quickly fell into line, announcing they'd raise their targets to 46% and 40 to 45% by 2030, respectively. The UK is also on board, having already previously signalled it will cut CO2 emissions by 78% by 2035, compared to 1990 levels. A lot of numbers there, Kate. As we mentioned, though, it was a virtual summit, so it wasn't without technical glitches. For example, when Scott Morrison started to talk, he was on mute. In this era of Zoom, Simone, we've all been there. It was sorted out, though, and Scott Morrison did get to say his piece. Unlike other countries, Australia has not set a concrete deadline to achieve net zero emissions, something that hasn't changed overnight. That's seen many other nations consider us to be a bit behind on climate change action. Scott Morrison, though, doubled down when he spoke last night, repeating the view that he prefers to talk about how we get there rather than the targets. He said, and this is the quote to the summit, that future generations will thank us not for what we have promised, but for what we deliver. Simone, that's why we've seen him out and about this week, spruiking improvements to technology and industry rather than imposing taxes or eliminating industries, as he says. Yeah, this approach, as you say, has seen him cop some flack internationally, but also here in Australia. Earlier this week, Shadow Climate Change Minister Chris Bowen accused Morrison of making Australia an outlier on the world stage. been a busy week for Scott Morrison. National Cabinet met yesterday, Kate, for the second time this week. Our vaccine rollout was top of the agenda and a few tweaks were made. Yeah, so our leaders agreed to bring forward the vaccination start date for people older than 50. What that means is that those over that age can receive the AstraZeneca jab from state-run clinics from the 3rd of May and at GPs from the 17th of May. The Pfizer vaccine will still be restricted to people under 50 unless they are in high-risk groups such as aged and disability care residents and workers. Our leaders also discussed concerns about travellers returning from India, with Scott Morrison addressing the issue by announcing flights coming into Australia from India will be reduced by some 30%. And that's because between 10 to 40% of returned travellers with COVID-19 are coming from India. It's a really big crisis over there, Simone. Yesterday, the country recorded 314,000 plus COVID cases. That's the highest daily increase of any nation since the pandemic began. Reports are one in three COVID tests are coming back positive. They're running out of oxygen at hospitals. The scenes coming out of India really are very grim. Referring to this, the head of our health department, Brendan Murphy, said, and this is 
is the quote, there are many countries in the world that are in very serious situations with COVID and the risk of COVID importation and outbreak in Australia is ever present. We cannot be complacent. Yeah, lots of focus on what's happening in India. The country has launched a vaccination effort, but only a small fraction of the population has had the shots. It was earlier on Wednesday, Kate, when an Indonesian Navy submarine disappeared off Bali with 53 people on board and just three days worth of oxygen. Australia has announced it will do anything it can to help with the rescue mission, but it's not looking good. This is just the thing of nightmares, Simone. I don't know about you, but submarines are scary enough as they are. Oh, yeah. Before it disappeared, the vessel was conducting a training exercise. Authorities are still piecing together what may have happened, but the theory is that an electrical failure may have caused the vessel to lose control and fall to a depth of 600 to 700 metres. Given it's only built to go to 250 metres, hopes of a successful rescue, as you say, really are fading with the thinking it may have sunk too deep to be recovered. If that's the case, it will be the first ever major submarine disaster in Southeast Asia. From subs to space now, Kate, NASA's Perseverance rover, which has been on Mars since February, has achieved something pretty cool. It's created breathable oxygen. We like following the Perseverance rover here at the Squiz. We sure do. It's the first time humans have converted carbon dioxide into oxygen on another planet. So, yep, it's a big deal. Perseverance, or Percy as his mates call him, I think we're we're at mate status now, (laughs) has been tasked with searching for signs of ancient life on the red planet. But it's also doing some other bits and bobs whilst it's there. This is one of those. And what it means is that because oxygen is critical to getting humans on Mars, we're a step closer to being able to do that. And while we're up there, Kate, not to be outdone is Elon Musk. His company SpaceX will today launch its third crewed flight into orbit. The team is four strong and is headed to the International Space Station for a six-month stay. The Stella Prize was announced overnight and as promised, we have to fill squizzes in on the winner, Kate. We do. We promised that. That's the award that celebrates and recognises our female writers. And the winner, Simone Drumroll, is British-Australian author Evie Wilde for her third novel, The Bass Rock. Apparently, Simone, it's a gothic tale with the judges calling it a true work of art. Yeah, and for that, Kate, she pockets $50,000. Squiz the day now and looking ahead to the weekend, it's Anzac Day on Sunday, Kate. All services were cancelled last year, so having it all go ahead this year for many is a sign of things returning to some sort of normal. Yeah, I go down to the dawn service each year, Simone, and like many, I got up last year and tuned in over the radio and it really was a sad reminder of the things the pandemic took from us. But 2021 is a new year and having dawn service around the country able to be attended is an important thing for many people. It won't be back to pre-COVID normal though there are restrictions on crowd numbers for the National Dawn Service in Canberra in particular. It can often draw up to 40,000 people but it'll be limited to 4,000 odd for the service and 3,000 for the national ceremony that includes the Veterans March. Of course you can always tune in on the telly or radio. You can and because it falls on a Sunday this year there was some confusion in our office anyway about who gets the public holiday. (laughs) The answer is it varies state by state. And those who luck out are New South Wales, Victoria and Tassie. Everyone else enjoy your public holiday on monday yep not us we'll be back at it on monday before we go kate bit of a public service announcement clogs are back clogs they are they're high fashion simone lots of people will have opinions about (laughs) clogs i feel that you do i haven't been a fan in the past but considering i've embraced the birkenstock trend i reckon i might be a sucker for clogs once they leave the runway and hit shops yeah i might leave that one for you kate that's all from us (laughs) enjoy your weekend and we'll be back next week
message now from our podcast partner, BHP. The steel made from iron ore plays an important role in providing the production of our energy infrastructure, from wind turbines to power poles. So cutting carbon emissions in iron ore production is key. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power its port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP.